in my time working with clinicians, I've learned that they like a challenge. So puzzles and brain teasers, something to test their mental fortitude. But there's a puzzle that most clinicians face on a day-to-day that I don't think is that enjoyable and probably pushes it a bit too far. And it's one that we could do without, which is the process that they need to follow to access diagnostic images with patients. Accessing results in health is way more of a challenge than it needs to be for both clinicians and patients. And my guest today is setting out to change that. I'm joined by Dr. Chatarika Athakarala, CEO and co-founder of AuraBox. And in this episode, we'll talk about solving inefficient access to medical imaging and learn about her journey as a clinician turned startup co-founder with some advice for others who might be considering a similar journey. Collaboration starts with the conversation team, Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech, a podcast and membership community about technology in healthcare. Here's your host, Peter Birch. With me today is Dr. Chatarika Athukurala, CEO and co-founder of AuraBox, a cloud-based medical imaging storage and viewing platform allowing doctors to access a patient's entire image history on one platform. Hey, Chatarika, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Pete. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. So look, we're going to dive in and learn a bit about AuraBox and yourself. So let's set the scene. Tell us about you. Give us some context. Yes. So I'm a radiologist by trade. I'm a general radiologist at the Canberra Hospital, but my subspecialty is breast radiology and I work at Breast Screen in ACT and New South Wales. AuraBox was born just over a year ago and it was born to sort of fix a problem that I was facing pretty much a day-to-day in my clinical practice and also which was faced by my colleagues in other specialties, not just radiology. So the issue that we face is that private and public medical imaging practices, they all use different data storage systems that don't communicate with one another. So that means if you're a patient and you go to, say, practice A and get a CT scan, and then you get your follow-up scan at practice B, the radiologists at practice B can't see your scan from practice A easily. They need to log into a different platform to view your scan side by side. So this is a problem that I was kind of coming across ever since I was a radiology registrar. And after years of sort of facing the same problem, a little over a year ago, I decided to have a crack at doing something about it. Nice. There you go. So tell me a bit more about AuraBox then. You gave me a good kind of overview. So it's a cloud-based platform, right? How does it actually work? Yes. So AuraBox is a cloud-based platform, like you said. So the primary data for the patient, as well as the DICOM imaging, is all stored in the cloud. And it's a patient-centric approach to storing medical imaging. So each patient essentially gets their own box on AuraBox and they can upload any DICOM imaging from any practice into their box. And we've got a viewer. So all imaging can be viewed on that viewer, regardless of which practice the patient went to. So you can view images from practice A, B, C, D, all on the one platform and compare things side by side. Yeah, cool. And so how's that different to what happens today? Yes. So we do have cloud-based viewers, which are provided by medical imaging practices to allow sort of the treating doctors to access the patient's medical imaging, but they are all kind of siloed to that particular practice. Mm. So in the example I gave before, a practice A would give the treating doctor the access to that imaging on their cloud-based platform. And then practice B would give access to the imaging on their cloud-based platform. So you have to essentially open up two separate windows to view those images side by side. 
And the ability to view imaging side by side is particularly important for sort of complex patients. So people who've got chronic diseases or cancer, for example, because the ability to compare imaging side by side is really important for us to make treatment decisions. Absolutely. And just to go back one too, because we've got a pretty broad audience that are interested in health tech, you mentioned DICOM and secure messaging. Talk to me a bit more about DICOM and how those messages are kind of set and why we can't just, I guess, email them. Yeah. So DICOM is the standard that medical image, it's a file format and it's a standard that medical imaging is stored in. And the thing about DICOM is that you require a viewer. So I'm not sure whether everybody in the audience would have seen people scrolling through a CT scan, for example. So there's lots of images in that stack of images or an MRI scan, for example. So you need the DICOM store, but you also need a viewer to look at the DICOM images. Gotcha. You talked about the problem briefly from a patient side as well as a clinician side. So it sounds like you're kind of tackling this problem for both of them. Is that right? Absolutely. So one of the catalysts for me starting Aurobox last year was that a really close friend of mine, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. So she felt a lump in her right breast and she went to medical imaging practice A where she had an ultrasound and biopsy and unfortunately the cancer was confirmed. Then she told me about it and one of the nodes or the lymph nodes or glands in her armpit was also enlarged. So she needed a biopsy of that and she needed an MRI scan as well. And that happened at practice B and then she needed a PET scan, which also needed to be done as well. So by the time she saw the first doctors who were looking after her, she'd visited three different practices and all of that information had to be accessed on different platforms. And the information was important to be sort of synthesized as one lot of information in order to make a treatment plan. So for example, the MRI we use to assess the extent of disease. But there's some disease processes, like we call it DCIS, which is ductal carcinoma in situ, which is calcifications that don't show up that great on an MRI scan. So you need to be able to see the mammogram next to the MRI to really map out the extent of disease. And so I hope that kind of gives you an idea of why it's important that we can see all of the imaging together so we can synthesize everything, figure out exactly what's going on, and then create a treatment plan from there. So the inability to see everything all together in one platform, it wastes a lot of time for doctors because you have to log into here, you got to log into there, you've got to log into another place, and then in your head, you've got to put everything together and then make your treatment plan. Sometimes you're not able to access the imaging. And so in those cases, your admin staff or your registrars and junior doctors have to go around and try and search for these images and, and figure out logins for you and things. And that wastes even more time for the doctor and the treating team. And then there's a delay in from when you have to find the imaging to make the decision and start implementing your treatment plan. That makes so much sense. And it's interesting because when you talked about having disparate systems, storing images and results, my mind first goes to, well, you know, I had a scan done three years ago and that was with this company. And then if I wanted to compare it to the one that I just did then, that'd be handy. But you know what? I could just do that. But you're talking about like on the treatment plan for a patient that's happening right now, like within that sequence of events, well, on that patient journey, there are even just different platforms, not even like it all kind of all comes together in one thing. So that's how you position it. Yeah, correct, Pete. Like sometimes patients know that they should go back to the same practice but they might not be able to get an appointment 
in the time frame that they need. So then they end up at a different practice. And then there's also further challenges between private and public practice. So the majority of radiology in Australia is performed in private practice. And so if something's picked up, you know, a cancer or something like that, sometimes those patients then attend a public centre for their treatment. And the public imaging radiology practices use different platforms as well. Got it. Got it. If you've been kicking around this industry a bit like me, or maybe even you're brand new to digital health, you've probably worked out that health tech is not an individual sport. Whatever you're trying to achieve, whether you're delivering healthcare for patients, or you're building health technology, or perhaps you're helping deploy solutions across health systems, you need a tribe, a community of like-minded individuals who just get it that if we're going to transform healthcare, then technology is going to play a huge part in it. So to learn and connect about health tech and level up your game, consider joining our THT Plus membership community. We've got options for every stage of growth, whether you're a solo individual or a startup or scale-up company. As an individual, you get access to our exclusive community forum, you get a warm intro to two other members from me each month, you get free access to our quarterly virtual summits and a bunch of other exclusive goodies. Companies can bring team members into the community, plus you get a presence on our website as a THT Plus member, you can post content like news events and jobs, and of course we love to showcase our members, so when you join as a company THT Plus member, you'll get to appear on this podcast with your very own episode. This podcast is made possible through the support of our members, it's literally the heart of everything we do, so consider joining as a THT Plus member, you can join anytime. Online, just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash THT plus. You know, there's all these different platforms that exist, which creates these silos of information. How do you go about creating Aurobox so it's just like not another platform? <laughs> you know what I mean? So how, do, how is it a bit different to just being another platform? Absolutely. So Pete, like this is a ginormous problem. So if you think about the millions of medical images that are performed in Australia every year and the thousands of different medical imaging practices, it's overwhelming. So the way we've sort of gone about creating a solution is that we've really picked our target audience to start with while we build and we make it commonplace for you to have an aura box and all of your imaging to be there. So from my clinical background, I know that the patients where we feel the most pain because of this problem are those patients with chronic diseases and those oncology patients. So we thought if we start with them, yes, we are another platform because inevitably those doctors are going to have to log into other medical imaging practices for the rest of their patients. But we're solving a really critical problem for at least one patient. So we believe that that's going to be motivation to log on to the platform for even one patient who's got imaging at multiple different practices. The other thing that we're building in is a sharing ability. So because the patient within AuraBox owns their box and they've already consented to doctors to share their imaging for their care, what happens is I'm sort of talking through the patient journey. So say for my friend, for example, she's felt her lump. She's had all of her imaging before she sees her surgeon. If she had an aura box, she could upload all of her imaging into her aura box and share it with her surgeon, who was her first point of contact in her treating team. Once her surgeon realized she needed to see an oncologist and a medical oncologist and a radiation oncologist with aura box, that surgeon can just add their emails to my friend's aura box and those doctors can access all of the imaging they need for her on the platform. Whereas the status quo at the moment is that 
the surgeon, you know, the way it is now without Aurobox, had to log into three different platforms. When they refer on to their colleagues, those colleagues also need to log into three different platforms. Whereas with Aurobox, they would get a link to the imaging with the referral. So they wouldn't have to search for all the imaging everywhere. So yes, it is just another platform right now, but that's part of our growth strategy. We're going to start with the patients who need it most and their doctors who have the most motivation because they feel the most pain. And then it slowly becomes a habit to store your imaging because you know that it's important. Makes a lot of sense. And that's the right approach to take, I believe, because also from the patient side, when you're talking about those with a chronic disease or that have multiple providers, they're the types of patients typically that will have a lot of interest in their, in accessing their data and being in control and being able to do those things that you mentioned. And of course, like you say, you, you knew this firsthand, you're a clinician and you've seen the issues and felt that frustration and you've built that solution. I'm interested, you know, I mean, many clinicians on a day-to-day would see problems in their workflow and think, oh, I could think of a better way to do this while working on the front line. But often those ideas don't actually come to fruition. How did you go about transforming this idea for Aurobox into an actual solution? Yeah, Pete, it's a bit of an interesting story. So, and you would know because you've got kids as well. Um, (laughs) So a lot of great conversations do happen in the school playground when you're picking your kids up. So, you know, with Aurobox, I sort of had this utopian idea of what the solution should look like, but I have no tech background whatsoever. Before I started Aurobox, I could pretty much turn a computer on and off and that was it. I didn't know what Laravel was. I thought it was a place, but there's coding, (laughs) you know, and, you know, JavaScript and all of those kind of things. So I was not equipped to build this solution. But Chris, who's my co-founder and CTO, he's actually the father of one of my daughter's friends. And we've been friends for some time since I was at his daughter's birthday party about five years ago. And I knew he had a great tech mind and a really great startup mind. And so I sort of accosted him in the playground when I was picking up my daughter and I said, Chris, I really want to build this thing. And he was like, are you serious about it? And I was like, yes, I'm very serious. And a couple of weeks later, we caught up for coffee and we sort of just mapped out the problem together. And because of his background, he was able to build a realistic solution around Mm. the problem that I was telling him. So I suppose that that was a really roundabout way of getting to the answer to your question. But in answer to your question, I think it is critical that we, sort of the end users, do talk to other people outside of medicine because there are some brilliant minds there who can help you build these solutions. And, you know, I kind of refer it to it as the extended MDT. Like I look at our team now, the five of us, I'm the only medical person in it. But the four other members of our team are the heart of it because I've told them the problem and it's their skill sets which have allowed us to get here. So if there's other doctors out there who've thought of a problem and thought of a solution to a problem, even if it feels like it's impossible, just talk to people. That's my biggest advice because I didn't even know where to start until Chris and I started talking about the framework for Aurobox. Such good advice. And yeah, I'm a big believer in that point too about 
it's important to have clinical context and feel the problem firsthand. And, and quite often that should come from, you know, one of the founders and that's how you stay grounded to that problem on a day to day as situations evolve too. But you know, if we're going to solve some of these problems in healthcare, we need to look from outside of healthcare to help us build that. So you mentioned there's five in the team in total, including yourself. How did you go about working out what roles you need right now? What could wait till later? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it's sort of like, you make decisions as you go because, you know, you have this, <laughs> you've got this idea of where you need to get to, but it is not a straight line at all. Mm. It is a very curvy line. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think you just pick what you're not good at. I think one of the best things that you can do at the start of this journey is realize your flaws and not be afraid to be the dumbest person in the room. Like I'm very proud that when we do our product meetings and I, I am the dumbest person in the room. Adele, who's our CEO, she's got a big comms background. I don't know anything about comms. And so it's great to have her. Chris and Nigel, who do the tech side of things, they are amazing at understanding problems and then creating really great solutions for it. And Prashant, he's got a background in, in data analytics and security, which again, I don't know anything about. And just having trust in their amazing skills and just being able to sort of guide where we go because, you know, it is a problem that I was experiencing in my work. So we need that guidance from my experience, but just bringing out their skills and building an amazing product. Yeah. Are you all based in the ACT as well? No. So Prashant and Nigel are in Melbourne and then Chris Adele and I are in Canberra. Yeah. Very but cool. we catch up. They're actually flying up tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> so yeah. So it's we have a, yeah, yeah, get everybody together. No, that's important. And you're keeping busy as well and still active in a clinical context as well, right? Why is that important to you? I think it's important because I keep seeing the problem every single day. And it also gives me the chance to talk to my colleagues and show them, you know, where we are up to and really iterate the platform. And that's just so valuable getting that constant feedback. And I think going forward, Chris and I always said that I would continue to work as a radiologist because I think that's what's going to make Aurobox very useful for an end user. Yeah, that's a good point around, you know, getting the feedback from other radiologists and your colleagues. And so has that really helped shape the user experience from a clinician's point of view? And how do you then go about taking that? Because there's always an interesting kind of challenge, isn't it? Sometimes you really want to get that bottom up approach and getting all of the clinicians to have an overwhelming support for the solution before you even go to say the CTOs or the decision makers. Other times there's settings where you might want to start from the top and bring your way down. How have you gone about making sure you get that feedback and then work out where to go next? That's such a great question. I think because you sort of have to have, you know, your feedback and then you've got to have your product and you've kind of got to get it to meet at some point. Because what happens is if you're reactive to every single piece of feedback you get, then your product turns into a mess because you're trying to listen to every single person who's giving you feedback. Whereas if you develop a product with no feedback, like that's also a silly decision as well. So it's finding that balance because Essentially, what you're trying to do with a new product is you're breaking a habit loop, right? So as inefficient as the status quo is now, it's difficult to introduce people to a new thing because they've already got those circuits in their brain. Even though they're making 200 clicks to get to a destination where they could get to with 10 clicks with Aurobox, it is still a lot of effort initially. So it's getting that 
initial feedback from them, but trying to listen to as many people as possible. And if the majority of people are saying the same thing, then we make a change. If it's just a few people, we try and work through it one-on-one with them and see whether it's a problem with instructions we're giving, whether it's unclear how to get what they need from that part of the platform. And I've seen plenty of examples where a feature request or suggestion, if you really dig into it, sometimes it comes from really being a support question or, you know, the unclear in terms of the instructions on how to use this. Understanding what problem is trying to be solved often is the best way to prioritize some of those features. So that's... Yeah, absolutely, Pete. Like I always come back to what were the two key goals that we wanted to achieve with the platform? Mm. We wanted all of a patient's imaging to be able to be accessed in one place. And we wanted to be able to allow doctors to look at imaging from two different practices side by side, more than two different practices, and look at them side by side on one platform. So I think it's really important to come back to your core goals because it kind of gets rid of some of the noise, which can become stressful and overwhelming as well. Well, it's great to have those guiding stars and I could do with having that reminder from time to time, as could plenty of other founders around, no doubt, would as well. And actually on that point then, you know, thinking about it, you're a busy clinician, co-founder, CEO, you've got a family, not much spare time for anything else. What advice would you give to others that might be considering taking a similar leap outside of their day-to-day to actually pursue an idea? Yep. I think it's hard. I did make a decision to sort of drop down a couple of days of work to sort of facilitate this because I found that when I was trying to do it sort of after hours, it just became really stressful and it took a toll on my family life. So I would say cut back where you can and then put that energy into the other bucket. But having said that, I think building a great team is absolutely essential. Teamwork really does make the dream work, like having people to sort of share that burden and who are as passionate about your company and your goals as you are, that I think is the most important thing. Absolutely. That point about, you know, taking from one thing and give to another, you can so often forget that, you know, you've only got 100% to give and while you might go really harder, there's only, you know, X amount of time that, so whatever you say yes to, you're saying no to something else, right? So that having the, the team to then lean on to perhaps pick up some of those areas and things that you might not need to be doing necessarily on a day-to-day could be something many of us could learn from. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so thinking about the future for AuraBox, where you're at right now. So at the time of this recording, you're looking at going live with patients soon? Yeah. So at the time of this recording, in a week's time, we'll be opening up to medical practitioners throughout Australia to create an account on the AuraBox platform, and they can give it a trial for five patients for free. And then four weeks from there, we'll be opening it up to patients. So they'll be able to create a profile, upload their imaging, and then share it with the doctors looking after them. Yeah, that's exciting. So we'll look out for that with interest when this episode goes live. And so medical imaging, and I guess generally, like, how do you see this playing out longer term? So, you know, you, you start getting the active users on the platform. What's the long game here? What does this area look like? Yeah, I think down the track goal for AuraBox would be that you would be able to search for imaging for a patient, even if you didn't know where they had their imaging and you'd be able to sort of pull that into the platform because 
you know, a problem at the moment is that patients will tell you, oh, I went to the place down the road and there's like mm. three imaging practices down the road and you have to search for every single one. So while we get to that goal, we are working on educating patients about how important it is to keep a tab on their medical imaging and keep it with them. Yeah. So I suppose in the future, we want a sort of fully integrated one-stop shop for medical imaging so that we're no longer wasting time looking for images. A patient's complete imaging history is available for the doctors who need it at their fingertips. Exciting journey to go on and looking forward to watching it with interest. Look, I'll put the details for Aura Box in the show notes of this episode for people to check out. Got a presence on the Talking Health Tech website as THT Plus members as well. So keen to continue this conversation in the community and at our summits and things. So Chatterika, I really appreciate you coming on the show and having a chat in your busy schedule and looking forward to hearing how things go. Thank you so much for having me. Before you go, just a reminder to jump over to our YouTube channel and subscribe and watch some episodes there. There are podcast episodes, summit sessions, and a bunch of other interesting content on our channel. You can just search Talking Health Tech in the YouTube app or click on the link in the show notes of your podcast player and it should just take you straight there. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast player and for more information, visit talkinghealthtech.com.